Billy McFarland, thank you so much for coming on the 15-Minute Founder. As you might have guessed already, this is only 15 minutes, and we need to learn everything about you in that time span. So thanks for coming on. We don't have much time, so we're going to dive right in. Let's go. And I'm going to start with question one. You threw, or almost threw, and we can define exactly what that is. Some call it the greatest party that never happened. Some could say it worked. Some could say it didn't work. Uh, and now I actually believe that you're setting up a second event called Fire Festival 2. I have a ton of questions, but I want to just hear it directly from you. How did you come up with the idea for Fire? What happened the first time? And then how did we get to Fire Festival 2, which is supposedly happening next year? So I just came from a meeting with one of our future partners, and they said to me, no one's going to believe that you didn't do this on purpose because they're helping to plan the next one. But no, uh, all, all jokes aside, certainly messed up up on fire one but there's just a huge opportunity to embrace the brand awareness of fire to one pay everybody back but to actually build something that makes an impact and is permanent beyond just a temporary music festival what was the original idea for fire and today do you view fire as it's a festival it's a party what exactly is it fire is three days where you can leave new york city and be jack sparrow for a weekend and when you're jack sparrow you will meet people in a new light and you do in your traditional like day-to-day -day job day-to-day -day life and you will talk about those three days and those relationships for the rest of your life that's what fire is all about a lot of people see an event or a party or a festival or any gathering and they show up there's drinks there's food mm -hmm. there's people and they take for granted that it all came together can you give us a peek behind the curtain of what it takes to organize throw and put together something like this so i didn't know and i approached building a music festival like i would a tech startup where to me four months to test and validate an idea was plenty of time but i didn't understand that building the logistics of actually creating a city in the middle of the ocean takes much longer than four months so i applied this mvp attitude to housing people and that was totally silly and totally wrong, but obviously learned from it this time working with the best logistics people, but still applying the chaos theory to the marketing aspect of Fire 2. You seem to have a really good knack for marketing and mm -hmm. creating these moments globally. What is chaos theory and what does that mean and how are you applying it to Fire Festival 2? So my job over the next 14 months is to be the pilot of a small plane flying right through a hurricane and you have no idea whether I'm going to crash or land. Some days you'll see posts thinking it's going to be the best festival ever. Some days you'll think I'm totally full of crap, but you will tune in to see what happens. And the more you can kind of create that story and controversy, the more successful the marketing of Fire 2 will be. I want to take a step back here. You mentioned you applied the MVP theory, maybe the lean theory of mm -hmm. startups the first time around. Is this your first venture or have you worked on other businesses in the past? Now, I've been doing startups since I was 13 and Fire came to be when I had a previous startup in New York City and a Google engineer came by my like member's office space and told the front desk that he was a pilot and wanted to launch an airline for the members of that company of mine. So we started flying small planes to the Bahamas and doing these group trips for a number of years. And that's where, like the inception of fire came to be. How do you approach marketing? Was it something you always felt like you were good at or have you gotten better at it? How can someone build their craft as a marketer? Yeah, I think CMOs of 2024 are going to be the CTOs of 10 years ago where they're going to be like the elusive rock star ninjas that everybody's trying to hire but can't really grasp if they don't come from that world. Everything is becoming commoditized. It's becoming very easy to launch and test new products. It's becoming very hard to cut the noise and to get attention. And for me, marketing boils down to one concept, which is how can I take somewhere, someone to some place place they can't get without me. Whether that's a new relationship, a place physically, a place virtually, what difference in their life can I make that they can't have without me? What is your vision for fire, the brand, the business? Fast forward 10 years mm -hmm. from now, if you can execute it upon this, what does the world look like? So I had one of our current partners doing due diligence on me a couple months ago, and he called one of the bigger talent that we were working with six years ago to get feedback on me. And the woman said everything was great, except for when I asked Billy what was his favorite music festival, and he told me he'd only been to one his entire life, I knew it was going to fail. So my goal with fire is not to create three days once 
once a year and do a music festival. Like I am not a concert guy by background. My entire ability is to take people outside of their comfort zones and bring them together through experiences. And I want to do that on a permanent basis. So whether it's a music festival or fire hotels around the world, it's how can I apply this ethos and theme of fire to your everyday life? It sounds like to me, you want to drive some sort of impact and impact others to bring them out of their comfort zone or create these memorable experiences. I've done some research and for most people, most of their daily decisions or what they try to do in the next few years is driven by one of the four factors, money, fame, power, or pleasure. If you had to choose one of those four, what would you say drives most of your day-to-day decisions? It's obviously a combination, but if you had to pick one, what would you say is the biggest driving force? I think I'm in a weird spot right now where I have like a little PTSD from my four years in jail. And I'm very scared of the all-powerful person who could snap their fingers and put me into a concrete box for the rest of my life. So I'd say I'm driven now by power, which is really driven by fear of not having control over my destiny. Speaking of, I guess, having control, as an entrepreneur, you have ambitious dreams. There's a lot happening behind the scenes and day-to-day to build this business. What are some habits, rituals, or routines that you swear by? How do you yeah. manage the day today and incorporate the learnings from the past into, hey, this is how I want to build this business now and 10 years into the future. I think the most important theme that has been like really critical for me is like not to stop moving and no one is going to do it for you. And I like learned this the hard way, particularly over the past four or five years when I was down and out. No one's going to create your own momentum, but success is predicated in your ability to create momentum. And once the ball is rolling, like once you're moving down the hill, it becomes a lot bigger and things start getting attracted to you. But taking that first step and really <clears throat> creating your first momentum is I think the most important part of entrepreneurship. If you could have a billboard and any aspiring entrepreneur could see a message on there, <clears throat> what would you tell them? What would that billboard say? Just take action and action creates success. Action creates opportunity, but creating action is the hardest part. And like, I think goes back to no one is going to take those steps for you. And the hardest part is just like getting going. Can you tell me a moment in your life that you think was very pivotal? I think having really smart people giving you conflicting advice is always a really interesting way to find your own style. I think I learned at a young age by having various investors and advisors from different industries who often give contradictory feedback that I shouldn't try to mimic the style of somebody I look up to. I should learn from their styles and create my own style. And ultimately, someone's success is going to be based on their ability to maximize their own style, not to copy somebody else's. So I think it's like trying to find the how you can create your own style and how you can execute your own style to the best of your ability. Good artists copy, Mm -hmm. great artists steal. That's a saying I hear with which I think can honestly be so true because a lot of things in life really maybe aren't original. They're Mm -hmm. built upon other aspects or things. When you look out in the landscape of entrepreneurs across different industries, are there any businesses or entrepreneurs that you idolize, look up to and think, wow, that's someone who I aspire to be or I've learned a lot from? Yeah, I had a lot of early investors when I was 19 or 20 who really made their mark in me. One of my investors at the time had 5,000 employees and he knew the high school mascot of every single one of his employees. And we were like arguing over how much a CEO should be involved in the weeds and the details of his company and he got furious at me for my answer and like literally said I know the high school mascot of every single one of my employees and it was totally true so that really stuck with me wow so the answer there is you should be incredibly involved incredibly that involved. was the level of detail yep. did he know more than the high school mascot or just the mascots like favorite foods birthdays or the mascot was that he knew the mascot but he also had a massive like complex for his office and he knew the color of every flower and exact location of where it was like in the parking lot area so it was pretty cool do you now with folks you work with do you know the mascots or do you have a different level of detail so or different thing I gotta like you know take my own medicine here. I don't, I didn't copy the mascot thing, but I applied that to other areas of their life. I think a lot of new entrepreneurs try to copy the styles of the famous entrepreneurs today. I think that's a path to just like being mediocre and the best entrepreneurs learn from, but create their own style and figure out what they can do to maximize their own abilities. I guess maybe imitate, but don't replicate, take it and build upon your own style or add your own flavor. Yeah, we're all different. And like we will each individually fail or succeed based on how well we listen to our own strengths and weaknesses. So if we try to copy somebody else's style, it's not going to be perfectly suited for what we're good at.
Did you know that temperature is one of the most important factors in improving your sleep quality? When you wake up in the middle of the night or feel extra groggy in the morning, temperature is almost always to blame. Now, while traditional mattresses trap heat throughout the night, science has actually shown that your body temperature needs to drop in the early and middle part of your sleep and rise in the morning so that you can fall asleep fast and get more deep sleep. The pod cover by 8sleep fits on any bed like a fitted sheet. The pod cover will improve your sleep by automatically adjusting the temperature on each side of the bed based on you and your partner's individual needs. It can cool down and warm up and adjust based on the phases of your sleep and the environment that you are in. While temperature is the biggest game changer, the pod cover has other amazing features. Thanks to the pod sleep and health tracking, you can wake up to a personalized sleep report for you each morning that offers insights on how certain behaviors like late night exercise or caffeine impact your sleep and overall health. The pod cover by 8sleep truly provides the ultimate sleep experience. I've never experienced sleep like this. Invest in the rest you deserve with the 8sleep pod. Go to 8sleep.com slash doula to save up to $500 on the pod cover by 8sleep. That's the best offer you'll find, but you must visit 8sleep.com slash doula for $500 off. 8sleep currently ships within the USA, Canada, the UK, select countries in the EU, and Australia. That is actually a version of something which I like to ask people. Sounds like that's something which maybe you agree with that others might not. And mm -hmm. I like to ask people the contrarian question, which is oftentimes it's very easy okay. to go with the flow, go with the crowd, do what others are doing. This could be in business, this could be in marketing, this could be in mm -hmm. personal life. What's an important truth that you believe in that many people disagree with you upon? That the IP of fire is incredibly valuable. Why is the IP of fire incredibly valuable? So since 2016, it's been the most talked about music festival in the world. Three and a half times the festival in second place. And it would create the perfect perfect storm of so much bad and so much good to start a new brand tomorrow that had any level of awareness similar to fire. What is the number two festival? Coachella in terms of awareness. Wow. Okay, let's say there is this massive brand power. Actually, it's still persisting from the last yep. fire. What do you do on top of that? Mm -hmm. What do you think you can build with brand? And I actually want to ask you this too. A lot of people say brand is fickle, brand is hard to measure. You shouldn't invest in brand too early. It sounds like here, brand is actually the cornerstone or pivotal part of this entire business and vision. What do you say to the people who say, hey, brand isn't as important earlier on? And and what is the power of brand for Fire specifically? Yeah, I think we put up like a type form website and a third party ticket partner, launched tickets and sold out the entire pre-sale of a festival in 24 hours with no marketing and a bad selfie video on Instagram. So it goes to show, I think the awareness and the controversy trumps all when building a consumer brand. How did you turn Fire into this global phenomenon that still has brand value today? What's the most successful marketing initiative you launched when it came to Fire? What was it? How did you come up with the idea and why did it work at the end of the day? So there's two aspects of the marketing that made Fire one be so well known. One was taking people to a place they couldn't get without us. And two was creating controversy around the story of that location. So saw so the first thing is I rented an island and there weren't very many 24 year olds in New York City who rented an island in the middle of the ocean. So I had that going for me and I would take various people there. And two is we would create content around these island trips. And the way to create controversy around them was to have everybody who came to the island post an orange tile to Instagram at the exact same time. These people who had seemingly no relation to each other were all in on some coordinated act, but it wasn't clear what it was for. So that confusion led to the consumer saying, what is this? 
and doing their own research and learning that it's actually a fire festival. Another question I have for entrepreneurs, a lot of times the question of work-life balance comes up. Yep. As an entrepreneur and as as build, when it comes to building a business, is work-life balance possible? I don't think so. I'm a huge binger and my brain is either working or it's not. I have a three or four day span where I'm on and I'll crash for like a day, a day and a half and like totally incompetent. And that's what works for me. So I think it's once again, like finding how you find your own creativity. I know my creativity comes in spurts and when it's on, I'm good for a few days and I'm done. So I think it's kind of maximized your own style. What do you do to cope with the ups and downs? Mark Andreessen has this quote, which I love, which is that in startups, you only experience two emotions, extreme euphoria, yeah. extreme terror, and a lack of sleep amplifies both. How do you modulate the highs, modulate the lows? What do you do in terms of coping with that? Do you surround yourself with certain people? How do you make the highs lower and the lows higher? Or do you fully embrace both sides? Of I, I think I ran into a lot of problems by fully embracing the highs and the lows in the previous years. And what I've found for me now is having four or five really, really good friends has made it more steady, at least in your emotional response. And I feel like we don't value those relationships enough in life, especially when we're full of ambition and want it all and want it all right now. At the end of the day, like that can still come with four or five really solid relationships of people who are in it for the right reasons. To me, like that fulfillment has allowed me to modulate my emotional response to both the good and the bad. I just get the sense that you are very ambitious. Mm -hmm. You can kind of tell and get that energy. And the fact that you're thinking of these grand ambitions for fire and what can be built here, I think that really bleeds out. Even if you're not watching a video of you, just from the way you talk about what you're building. Mm -hmm. Where does that ambition or drive come from? What gets you up in the morning? What does truly inspire you? I think it's really fun to surprise yourself about what the boundaries in life actually are. Just proving to yourself that what you thought was possible last week is not actually your limit and you can push it further. I think that feeling is really addicting and it's just kind of shattering those own like glass ceilings that you apply to yourself and there's no better feeling in life than proving yourself wrong. Is there a specific moment you can think of when you were doubting something of yourself and you broke past that ceiling for sure and i think like as an entrepreneur we like live for those adrenaline high moments and i think i was really good at getting those like marquee small wins in my life that led to a lot of the bad that came with it but that's what this whole journey is about right it's about setting a goal shattering that goal and like reveling in that 30 seconds before you realize you have a 10 10x the problem you had like the day before it's a journey i guess more success leads to more problems but Always, oftentimes yeah. you were dreaming of being in this position a few mm -hmm. years ago or a few months ago and now you're here and you only want to keep pushing to the next level and that's why the relationships I just mentioned are so, so important. And like to have four or five people who truly care about you and aren't there just for the money or, you know, aren't there for any other like status that might come with it. That helps you keep yourself through these times. And I, I wish I knew that seven or eight years ago. And I feel that most entrepreneurs, particularly in the growth stage of their business, have a large percentage of relationships are purely transactional. And it's really hard to have fulfillment in life solely surrounded by transactional relationships. I'm glad you brought that up. I did want to ask you a lot of life, or you could argue all of life is relationships. What's the best piece of relationship advice you would give someone? If you find someone who is not a transactional relationship, don't let them go. That is everything. And it's really, really hard. And I challenge everybody listening to this, like how many people outside of your parents and siblings in your life are not there for some sort of transaction? And it's going to be very, very few. And the ones you have are special. To finish up, I do want to, again, learn more about Billy yeah. and learn a bit more about um, personal life, things that you like to do. So okay. first question, how do you drink your coffee if you drink caffeine? So I started, I drank coffee for the first time ever in jail and now I'm totally addicted. Uh, so if there was no coffee and I came up with fire one, imagine what fire two is gonna be like. <laughs> That's my hot take. But no, I, I drink lattes now and I love it. What kind of lattes do you drink? Just regular milk. Regular milk yeah. latte? Okay. Yeah. When I went to, so I started drinking in jail where there were no options and I went to my first coffee shop and they listed off like nine kinds of milk and. I think I gave them the death eye and they weren't they weren't too happy with me. <laughs> What's your favorite pizza place in New York? Uh Joe's Pizza. 
Joe's Pizza. Yeah. Nice. That's mine as well, actually. Nice. What is your go-to drink when you're going out? Uh, tequila. Tequila. Right now, if I were to look on your Spotify, SoundCloud, or whatever you're listening to, you said you like to binge things. What's yeah. the song that you're binging on repeat or replay? I love DMX. I've loved him since I was 12 years old. And I refuse to ever meet him because I never wanted to like ruin the idol in my mind that DMX was. So DMX, you know, RIP, I love you. <laughs> what is your favorite productivity hack? Interesting. I think it's just binging. And it's finding these periods where you like when your mind is clicking, life goes to the side and you just work until like that, you know, aspect of creativity is over. So I think it's like trying to optimize when those periods happen. When they happen, just like dive in and ride them until they're over. Love it. Final question. Someone out here listening is on the fence. They're thinking, they're thinking, they just can't fully get over the edge to starting their business. It could yeah. be a newsletter, it could be a festival, it could be a venture back C Corp that's looking to land rocket ships on Mars or take rocket ships to Saturn, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. What advice do you have for that person who's on the edge, wants to do it, just but just can't fully get over the edge? What would you tell them? Every single problem that you're predicting for the future will solve itself before it becomes a problem if you just take action. Just take action. I love it. Yep, just do it. All right, Billy, thank you so much for coming on the 15-Minute Founder. Where can people find you? Where can people reach you? And I have to finish with this. Yeah. How can people apply, sign up to join, to be Jack Sparrow for three days at Firefestival? Firefestival2.com. We'll keep you guys all updated. We have a TV show coming out soon, so you can follow along. And yeah, come for three days that you will talk about for the rest of your life. Love it. Billy, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Arjun, thank you.